we optimize your human performance from my personal experience as an athlete, coach, and all-around self-improvement junkie. On this edition of the All-Around Joe Podcast, I am talking with Manish Sethi of Pavlock. What is Pavlock and who is Manish Sethi is the question. So Pavlock is a behavior change company that works with hardware and coaching. It's a very interesting principle that we're going to get into on the podcast here. And Manish also has a very interesting background himself, living in Medellin, Colombia and the United States, as well as having a very interesting entrepreneurial spirit and travel blog in his history. So this guy knows what he's talking about. He went to Stanford. He is an expert in behavioral change. And this is a very interesting show. So I want to let you know this show is brought to you by the Get Better Project. The Get Better Project is your all-in-one at-home training program where we have two different options. We have one where you can get weekly coaching by myself or one of the Get Better Project coaches, as well as daily workouts with videos, all the stuff that you need to get going, get yourself into amazing shape, all while working at home in any size gym. So if you're interested in that, go to getbetterproject.com slash unlimited. That's the getbetterproject.com slash unlimited. All right, let's get on to the show here with Manish Sethi of Pavlock. Here we go. Manish, how's it going today, man? Hey, I'm doing really, really well. Awesome. Well, thanks for taking the time to be on the show today. Yeah, I'm excited. Cool. So you were just telling me, where are you at? Uh, so I'm based right now in Medellin, Colombia, which is in South America. And, yeah. and again, just because it's so interesting, what do you, what are you doing there? Sure. So uh, I run my company called Pavlock, um, but our company, we was based in Boston. It's a hardware wearable device company. It looks like that. Um, the first few years of the company was heavy on hardware manufacturing and developing new hardware, which is a lot of in-person physical work. Um, over the last year or two, we've you know pivoted away from being a hardware company and now we're focusing on sales and, and coaching. And uh, as we've done that, our company's become much more virtual. Um, and I found that as, I, as we pivoted more to, towards software and sales, um, you know, you can do it from anywhere. And Boston gets really, really cold in the winters. So um, a few years ago, before I started Pavlock, I ran a travel blog. Uh, I traveled to 50 different countries um, over a five-year span. And uh, my favorite city that I kept going back to was a city called Medellin in Colombia. Uh, whether it's called, it's the city of eternal spring. So every single day it's 75 degrees, uh, Fahrenheit, um, never changes. Um, the weather's always perfect. People are beautiful. It's like only five hours from New York, three hours from Miami. Um, prices are very cheap. Uh, and, and I just, um, I, I fell in love with the city back then. Um, last year in January, it was really, really cold. So I decided to take a little trip from Boston back here, uh, came back and I was like, the thing that blew my mind was when I got back to the community, um, within one day I was hanging out with, you know, 10 or 15 different entrepreneurs and they, I realized that the city is the highest concentration of high quality entrepreneurs out of any city I've ever found in my entire life. Um, you know, when you go to, especially when you're traveling, um, like in the Eastern hemisphere, but often even in the U S if you're in like San Francisco and New York and, and Austin, you get, you get good quality entrepreneurs. I mean, you obviously get better top tier entrepreneurs, you know, based in the U S um, but you get a lot of, a lot of, ch a lot of chaff, a lot of like entrepreneurs, a lot of people who are thinking about becoming coaches, people who are thinking about starting a blog, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but everyone in Medellin that I've met, and I've met a lot of people here, 
are developed entrepreneurs with a team, with a business, with a revenue model that uh, made me realize that like 100% of the people I meet here, I'm learning from. And you add all those things together, lower prices, great food, um, and high quality entrepreneurs, uh, it made it a no brainer. So we moved the, the core of our companies here. Um, I'm based here six months of the year and hoping to make the move permanently at some point. Very cool. So it seems like, you know, obviously the weather's a huge pull to that area, but is there anything else? Like, is there tax breaks or anything like that, that you're, you know, this bringing these cool people to this area, including yourself? Um, there, I mean, there's the same standard tax breaks of like, if I stay outside of the country for 300 days a year, then you get the, um, and if I, if I get residency, then it's like even easier. I'm just on a tourist visa at the moment. Okay. Um, but the tax breaks are very minor, but the cost of living is extremely low and the quality of life is extremely high. It's like the, the, the infrastructure where I'm based, I'm in, the, I'm in a very specific part of town called El Poblado, which is where all the four expats are. So like when you go to the, like when you go downtown, it's like, it's more Americans than Colombians often because um, of the part of the town that I'm in. Okay. Um, but so what happens is that there's a very developed uh, uh, tourism slash nomad infrastructure built here. So the restaurant scene, for example, is it's better than New York, in my opinion, like in the sense that the food, I don't know. I mean, obviously that's like saying something, but like the food here, like I find the food here to be getting Soho uh, quality restaurants, like, you know, restaurants with like babbling brooks and beautiful uh, backs and like artistic designs um, and amazing plating, but you pay $20 a plate instead of $300 a plate. Um, so, and the, the, the best thing they have here in all of Latin America is a service called Rappi. Um, you, you've heard of Instacart or Postmates. Yeah. So they have this one service called Rappi, which delivers anything in the entire city to your door. So any restaurant anywhere in the entire city draw, delivers within 40 minutes. Um, and the price is $5 a month, including all deliveries. Whoa. So, yeah. So any food item, if I'm ever hungry, if I need to get food delivered, if I need things from a pharmacy delivered, if I need groceries delivered, even if you need cash from the ATM, they'll get you cash from the ATM and then they just charge your credit card when it arrives with no fee. <laughs> so, so yeah, so that service, like the quality of life, you can't be beat. It feels like, you know, Uber is like, um, like an Uber ride here. I've never paid more than two or $3 for an Uber ride, um, for like a 20 minute ride. Whereas in America it's $5 just to sit down, you know? So that like, well, there's no tax breaks. Uh, my cost of living, and I live in really nice places for less than, you know, 1200 bucks a month. A penthouse, a three floor penthouse with a jacuzzi is about $2,200 a month. Wow. So you can live really, really well here. Um, so yeah, that's a kind of a tax break in its own. <laughs> Absolutely. That's cool, man. I'm definitely going to put that on my list. Um, I know that you have a really interesting story. So I'd like to dig, dig into that a little bit more before we get into what you're actually working on right now. So if you could take us back to, you know, where you grew up, how you got into being an entrepreneur, if there was any influential people in your life that kind of shifted you into entrepreneurial mode, because I think it's interesting to learn that about people. Because I get people all the time asking me, how did you become an entrepreneur? How did you start this thing? And I want to know like what that point was for you. Sure. Um, so I've always been an entrepreneur at heart. Uh, ever since I was a kid, I remember like taking all the old books from my parents' house and trying to sell them out of, uh, on the street to people who were driving by. Um, or like I made t-shirts in high school and sold them or I made CDs. Then I bought a CD burner. So I've always had this idea of like, I've always had this intrinsic, um, entrepreneurial spirit. Um, it just, it just made sense to me, I guess. Uh, it just was fun. Um, 
So, and I, I ended up going to Stanford University, which is like a really you know, entrepreneurial co- uh, college. So they really, you know, no one there is really thinking about getting jobs. Most people are thinking about starting startups. Um, but even then, it still felt really weird. Uh, the school was full of people who were very different than me. Um, they were very focused, hardworking people. And I was like, a fun, like, I enjoyed fun and I wanted to experience the world and travel and things like that. Um, but Stanford offered this really cool program, which was a study abroad, abroad program. Uh, so I studied abroad in Florence, Italy. And while I was there, I first of all fell in love with the fact that there were other places that existed. I never had that. Like, you never really think about it. Yeah. Um, uh, and I loved learning languages. But I met a friend of mine there who was studying at a different university. So he had left Stanford and he had studied at the University of Bologna. So like a, an actual Italian university. And I was like, whoa, you can do that? Like you're allowed to. And he's like, yeah, man, like the price that I pay for room, board, and um, tuition is the same in, uh, for one year is the same price as just your tuition for one month, for three months at Stanford. Wow. Right. Cause yeah, it was like $15,000 a year to go to university in America or uh, $50,000 a quarter, you know, to go to, to go to university in America for tuition. And he stretched $15,000 for tuition plus living expenses. And I was like, Holy crap. And not only that, he actually spoke Italian fluently cause he was living with and studying Italian. And I found out that Stanford had this really cool um, program that you could take up to two years off, no questions asked, uh, leave of absence program. So I always say that the best thing about Stanford is the fact that they let me leave. Um, so I took two years off. I took one year off and extended it to two years and I started a blog while traveling. Uh, so I started, I lived in, I moved from Florence. I went to Buenos Aires, then I went to Brazil and then I went to India and um, started this blog that started to take off a little bit. And um, anyway, I went back to school, finished my stuff and kept traveling with the blog. And uh, so this was around 2012. I started doing an experimentation series. So the, the core focus of the blog is called Hack the System. Um, I let my readers vote where I would go and what I would do. And I would do experiments in new countries or new cities every few months. Um, we did experiments like the 90 Days Project where I went to Berlin and it was how to become a famous Berlin DJ in 90 days with no experience. Um, so we tried to hack the Berlin scene by, uh, and within 40 days, we we're being flown around Europe, being paid over a thousand euro a night to play shows for thousands of people. Um, and I went to India and started an NGO, stuff like that, little experiments that I would do over three month periods. Um, so around 2012, I started doing experiments on uh, myself, so fitness and productivity. And um, I was really interested in productivity because as a blogger, I'm supposed to write more and I really don't have anything to do since I'm a digital nomad blogger. And somehow I'm never able to write more than like an article a week. Like it, it, I would sit down and just use Facebook all day. And so um, I decided to run this experiment where I hired a girl to follow me around. And every time I stopped writing, she would slap me in the face. <laughs> and um, so I did. And I hired this girl and, um, and she started um, following me around. And for about two weeks, she followed me around. And every time I would stop working, she'd be like, Manish, and she'd tap me on the shoulder. And in the two weeks, I think she only slapped me once because like the tap was enough to like get me back to focusing on writing. But what blew my mind was the, the speed at which the habit changed. Um, in four days, I wrote, I think like three and a half months of content. Whoa. Like I usually write one article every week and I wrote like, like nine articles in the first week just because I didn't stop. And you know, once you get in the groove, it's very easy to keep going. Yeah. And especially because I think a lot of... Um, a lot of people, not everybody, but you know, my personality type for sure works really well with other people. It was like, 
hey, how does this sound? Like, hey, could you look up an image while I type this text? And so it became kind of a communal fun experience rather than a really introverted antisocial experience. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so I wrote an article on this. It's called Why I Hired a Slapper to Slap Me in the Face Every Time I Wasted on, Went on Facebook um, and How It Quadrupled My Productivity. And I wrote this blog post and posted it on uh, my blog. And I went to bed and I woke up to like 50 missed calls. And I was like, what the fuck? Turns out the word slapper in England means prostitute. So I inadvertently huh. made a pun why I hired a slapper to uh, make me more productive. And uh, so the Daily Mail picked it up and then it was shared with like uh, the Sun and, and the Register and whatever. And so by the time I woke up, it was like viral across all of Europe and uh, NPR was calling me to do an interview with me. And over the next three days, I was like super famous. I was getting phone calls from every single different, like I was uh, scheduled to be on TV with Anderson Cooper. I was on a bunch of different TV news programs. Um, I was everywhere for three days. And then on day four, uh, it was gone. I was no longer famous or interesting anymore. (laughs) And so, um, so just to take a step back, um, while I was at Stanford, one of my focuses was on behavior change and habits. I worked with uh, Professor BJ Fogg at the Behavior Change Habit Lab, and that was kind of why I had these experimentation series running on productivity. Okay. And so I thought to myself, after this thing ended, um, how could I, like, it was so much fun going viral, how do I do it again? Yeah. Uh, what's the next step? And I thought to myself, huh, what if I, st- instead of hiring someone to slap me, what if I create like a dog collar that, that shocks me every time I go on Facebook? Wouldn't that be a really good idea? to go viral. And so I called a friend of mine and uh, he was like an electric electronics guy. And uh, he's like, yeah, man, let's go to radio shack. So we ripped apart a dog shot collar. We like wired it up with a little Arduino unit, which you can buy on Amazon or at radio shack. And uh, within like eight hours, we had this really ghetto prototype of every time I went on Facebook, I would get an electric shock. And I was about to, and the video was hilarious. And I was about <laughs> to post, I was about to post the video on, on, on YouTube and on my website. And then I thought to myself, this is actually really interesting. There's a million wearables out there that track what I do, but this one's actually changing what I do. Maybe there's something better than just a funny blog post. Maybe this is a real company that can really help people change their habits. And that was how I, got, how I went from my blog to the company that I run today, which is Pavlock, a company where we create technology and coaching to help people change their habits and uh, wake up earlier. And uh, our core product is the Pavlock wearable device, which is basically a smart dog shot collar for humans. It's a Bluetooth-enabled wearable wristband that vibrates, beeps, and releases electrical impulses when instructed to. And when paired with the software, it's the world's best solution for helping people break bad habits, form new habits, and change their morning routine. So that's how I got to now. It's very interesting. So walk us through how it actually works. So I put this thing on my wrist, and let's say I want to start exercising more or yeah, let's say start exercising more or get off the couch would probably be right. Cause you gotta, you want to shock yourself for something that you're not. No. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's so let's think of a step back. Um, there's three different things that we can do. One is okay. forming good habits. One is breaking bad habits and one is waking people up. Okay. Right. So those are very different and they, they work in different ways. So for example, um, the thing that we started off with was, um, helping people, uh, there's video on this podcast, right? Yes. Yeah. So if like people are looking at, this is like the app, right? And so when you download the app, you have a bunch of different things that it can do. So one is helping you change your habits. One is helping you sleep better. One is helping you form uh, morning and evening routines and then a bunch of other stuff. Um, so one of the most, so by far the most popular thing that our product is used for is helping people wake up early. Um, we find that a lot of people have trouble 
um, not hitting the snooze button. A lot of people want to wake up a little bit earlier. And then once they wake up, a lot of people just lay in bed and don't get anything done. So we started off by creating a, uh, so basically it's very simple. It's a, a motion detection plus um, stimulus generator that knows the times. So you program in the time you want to go to bed. You say, I want to go to bed uh, around 10 p.m. and I want to wake up around you know, 6 or 7 a.m. And what we do is we track your sleep cycles and we vibrate you gently to wake you up in your lightest stage of sleep. So cool. let's say you want to wake up at 7. We'll wake you up somewhere between like 6.40 and 7 when you're in, like, in, in restful, gentle sleep. We give you a slight vibration just to wake you up. Now, for a lot of people, that's it. All they wanted was a smart alarm clock that vibrates them awake. But a lot of people also are heavy sleepers. So for heavy sleepers, if they don't wake up to the vibration, uh, it'll 30 seconds later, it'll start to beep loudly. And if they don't wake up to the beeping, then suddenly they'll receive an electric zap. So the zap goes, zzz, zzz, and it, 100% of people wake up to the zap. I'd say 99% of people wake up to the zap. Almost no one sleeps through it. Um, especially heavy, deep sleepers, people who have, who are hard of hearing or have hearing loss, people who have, um, sleep disorders. Um, but uh, often it's just people who just are people who sleep through alarms. Sure. Um, and then for the, for a lot of people, they'll enable our motion detection. So the only way to turn the alarm off is to get out of bed and start doing jumping jacks. So what happens is it starts vibrating and you have like one minute to get out of bed and do jumping jacks or else you get zapped. And we find that like, for many, many people, this is the secret trick that uh, they've never been able to wake up ever before. And now suddenly they're able to get up, get out of bed, and they're already in motion. They're already moving. And when they lay back, lay back down, it starts to you know, zap them again. So they aren't able to just cheat it. That's, um, that's one of the core uses. Um, so we realized after that, now once you're up, we wanted to create a morning routine. That was like an obvious next step. So we created a, a morning routine app, which I barely finished right before this call started, thank God. Um, <laughs> so like, it's a simple morning routine app. You program in you know, the tasks you want to do and check them off as you do them. Yep. But th so this is a, an example of forming a good habit. Um, so the way that this works is that we realize that to form a good habit, electric shock is not enough. Like a, a zap might get you started, but uh, you need a positive reinforcer in order to make the habit stick. So what we did is we created a betting pool. You basically have this in-app point system, and pretty soon it'll be actual cash. Um, but you basically make a commitment that you're going to do your morning routine. So you bet somewhere between $1 and $10 a day that you'll fill out your morning routine by 10 a.m. Every day that you fail, you lose that $1 to $10. But every time you succeed, you win money from the people who failed. Nice. Negative plus positive reinforcement loop. So what we're doing is trying to combine stimuli so psychological from psychological perspective we're trying to um, combine triggers in the moment triggers that enable you to have in the moment knowledge of what you should and should not be doing mm -hmm. combine that with positive and negative reinforcers in order to make habit change effortless and that's kind of the core concept of how i just told you about waking up and how forming habits works mm -hmm. um, now the third thing is breaking bad habits or reducing bad habits and this is uh, I, i'd say what we're most known for um, so we're by far the world's best device for habit and addiction cessation, um, and craving cessation. And so here's how it basically works. Um, most habits are stored in the back of your brain in something called the basal ganglia, um, where, whereas thought happens in the front of your brain, prefrontal cortex. So one of the hardest things about breaking bad habits, like for example, biting your nails is that your, you, you, your thought brain has no idea when you're actually doing the habit. How can you stop yourself from doing a habit when you're not physically aware of doing a habit? 
Well, by adding a slight electric stimulus, what happens is it snaps you out of automatic mode. And if you look under an fMRI machine or if you look under an EEG sensor, you'll see instantaneous prefrontal cortex awareness. You'll see a, sh a shot up of beta waves. Um, that as soon as a zap happens, essentially your body's reacting like, uh oh, I better be aware of the environment because some kind of negative stimulus has arisen within my external environment, snaps you out of habit mode and brings you into the present. So you'll very rapidly see that people who are mindless eaters, for example, if they zap themselves when they're mindlessly eating, the craving goes away like that. But if they're actually hungry because they haven't eaten for a while, the craving remains. We can't zap away actual physical urges that are real and natural. We can only zap away mindless habitual urges. Okay. Um, so, uh, so for reducing cravings, it's very simple. Whenever you catch yourself overeating or, or uh, overthinking, negative thoughts is a very common one these days, getting over your ex, uh, anxious thoughts, depression thoughts, negative thoughts. Um, I use it when I have a song stuck in my head. Um, simply, you catch yourself in the moment. You catch yourself doing something you want to stop yourself from doing, and you press the button manually. You just press down on the button, and it gives you a zap, snaps you out of it, and now you're back in the present and aware. Um, but, for, so, but for people who want to quit an addiction completely, for example, smoking cigarettes or biting nails, we use something called aversion therapy or aversive conditioning. Um, have you ever gotten really, really drunk on like tequila and then gotten sick and then like never wanted it again? A long time ago, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. And probably you haven't drunk it in a long time or many, many years. And it's interesting because in one night, a habit you used to have, a thing you used to like disappears in one moment, right? Yeah. That, and, and every time you smell it or even think of it, you'll feel it right here in the pit of your stomach. And that feeling is called an aversion. And that aversion is a, is a uh, psychological Pavlovian response to either nausea or electric shock. Okay. And it can be recreated in two ways by either adding it. Um, it's a Pavlovian response, which is different than a, a positive and negative reward. Um, okay. Positive and negative rewards are, uh, uh, are things that happen after an event happens. So because I went to the gym, I get a cookie. Because I bit my nails, I got zapped. Right? Okay. That's a punisher. Or a negative, a negative reward. Um, however, uh, Pavlovian response is an associative reward. It's not because of, it's while. Okay. So while you were drinking tequila, you got sick. Your reptile brain doesn't know if it's the tequila that caused it or not. It just knows that it wants to stay away from that stimulus because they both happened at the same time. Mm -hmm. Your conscious brain has no relevance whatsoever. It's just the reptile brain. So it's not that you get zapped because you bite your nails. It's that you get zapped while you bite your nails that creates an aversion, which is very minor, but massively different. Okay. And here's what I mean. If you get zapped, and this is programmable, like um, part, well, part, here's how break, biting your nails works for our process. Um, step one is the first week you do something called aversion training. It's built into the app. You start off with a couple days where you meditate and notice the triggers and stay aware and do basic cognitive behavioral therapy standard style of catching your triggers. Why are you doing it? What's the hand motions? Like where is your body located when you bite your nails? Day two and day three are, are basically around meditation and awareness. But around day three and day four, you start doing the aversion training. And here's where for five minutes a day for the next five days, you're going to do the behavior on purpose while you get zapped. So you're going to put, it's going to say, bring your nails to your mouth. Shock. Bring your nails to your mouth. Again, shock. Imagine how gross your nails look that other people are judging you because of it. Shock. Imagine how you have no self-control and how disgusting that is. Shock. And you're trying to generate this gross feeling of aversion in your belly, in your stomach, while you receive a zap, while you do the behavior. Because all these three things are happening at the same time, 
your reptile brain starts to get confused and unhappy. Uh, basically, it starts to create this uh, aversion. Now, you're going to want to stop doing it. The secret is to stick through with it for the five minutes or five days. Around mm -hmm. day three, you're going to think the habit is gone. Stick through with it for two more days. What happens is that your reptile brain creates this permanent association where it just fundamentally stops liking the act of doing it. And every time you start to do it, it makes your it starts to consider that a fear response. So it'll actually make signal up your, your prefrontal cortex. You'll become aware. You'll become aware yeah. when you're biting your nails. So that's like the core, and that's how we help. Uh, that's how like more than 70% of our people quit smoking within the first week. Nail biting is around 80%. Sugar is around 60%. Uh, these numbers have never been uh, replicated except for aversion. Um, like quitting smoking, for example, with nicotine patches is around 7.5% effective, and it takes six months. Ours is about is in the 70s. At our, uh, we've done two studies, um, and the first one was 75% cessation rate. Uh, and there's a, a bunch of older studies. Aversion was pretty popular in the 1990s and the mm -hmm. 1980s. So there's a lot of clinical trials that used it, um, which is what we learned it from. Anyway. Um, that's how that works for the first week. Once that aversion is done, then you start programming in a hand gesture detection. So now whenever you bring your nails to your face or your hand comes to your face, the device will give you vibrations, beeps and zaps to make you aware. So it has the ability to detect the motion of your hand as well. Um, but again, that's less effective than going through the aversions first. So a lot of people just want it to know, like they're like, they want to put it on and have it zap them when they bite their nails and that's fine. Yeah, yeah. But then when they take it off, they just go back to biting their nails. Right. Whereas if you do it the way that we recommend, um, you won't need it anymore after a couple of weeks, you can even return it for a full refund and we don't mind just, um, just so, as long as it lasts. Because we've got a, a lot of people that are um, listening to this podcast, watching this podcast that are into health fitness, trying to get better at that type of thing. How's the sugar one work? It's similar. I mean, you just basically choose a food item that you want to quit. Okay. Um, and you zap yourself while you eat that food item. So I use it on tortilla chips. Okay. Um, I was a binge eater on tortilla chips. Um, and I used to be a binge eater on ice cream. So the two things that I did was I uh, stopped eating tortilla chips by using aversion. And then the second one was I reduced, I, I, I replaced my ice cream with berries, frozen berries. Oh, nice. So I zapped myself when I ate uh, ice cream. And then I replaced it with a frozen berry and very quickly the habit completely changed. So instead of me reaching for ice cream, I'd reach for the berries and that's a much healthier alternative with the same stimuli, same sugary sweetness and coldness. Um, so in the same way you choose a food item you want to reduce, you stop doing it similarly. Okay. And for people who are like, we have a lot of people who are doing um, like in our Facebook group, we have like uh, betting pools going on. So like people who are trying to do bulletproof coffee or trying to juice will join a betting group where they'll commit to drinking bulletproof coffee every day and they send a photo of themselves doing it and they win money if they do it and they lose money if they fail. So that's a way to, to make yourself start doing new things. Nice. And so you've kind of already touched upon it a little bit, but how does the coaching aspect really tie into this, especially after the you know first few weeks? Uh, yeah. So coaching is uh, one of the, the things that, okay. So one of the things we've noticed with a lot of a lot of entrepreneurs and a lot of biohackers and a lot of people with bad habits is that they start something, but they don't stick through with it, um, mm. which is one of the most annoying, annoying things. Um, and a lot of people will buy the product, put it on once, and then just put it away. Some people never put it on at all. And uh, we noticed that for long-term habit change, the most important thing is, is you got to stick through with it for, for a few months. Um, so we created, a, we created two coaching programs. Um, our first one was, around, was for entrepreneurs who are trying to improve their business, basically people who are holding themselves back but know that they know what they should be doing, but just aren't doing it. Mm -hmm. And then the second group we created was a second program we created was for people who are trying to do a habit transformation. 
And uh, long story short, it's um, it's a ninety day. Pro- both are ninety day programs. Uh, you get weekly one on one calls with our have like habit coach. Uh, she helps break down kind of your emotional triggers, um, the times of day when you're most energized, um, your personality type, and how that relates to exactly the habits you're trying to form, and kind of creates this uh, this this inventory of uh, like a habit inventory designed around you because everybody's different, but everybody's not that different. Um, some things work on different people. Um, for example. Um, if you're looking at personality types, um, some people are finishers and some people are starters and yeah. Myers-Briggs, they call it judgers and perceivers. Sometimes they call it type A and type B, um, or low levels of conscientiousness and high levels of conscientiousness. They're all the same thing, but they both relate to the idea that some people feel very uncomfortable leaving stuff undone. And some people ver- feel very uncomfortable finishing things. Okay. And we tell that we say that people who are uncomfortable finishing things, we say that they are ADHD. We make them feel like they're broken, but they're not. They're just motivated by something very different than structure. Uh, so for people who are finishers, it's very simple. You give them a breakdown of a plan, put it on their calendar, and they'll do it. But for people who are motivated by, uh, who want to continue to start things, the only thing they're motivated by are non-cheatable deadlines. They're the, the kids who always finish their homework 10, 10 minutes before the papers due in college. And um, the thing that works for them are, uh, are commitments and bets. So uh, they have to have a penalty if they fail. So we say, we, we basically, what we do is we created an app for both types of people. Um, but essentially, before you go to bed, you program what you're going to do tomorrow. And then throughout the day, the coach holds you accountable to doing those things. They make sure that you do, that you do the things you, that you said you're going to do. And it's very simple. It's just a few reminders followed by the coach can vibrate, beep, and zap you um, through, the, through the hardware. Um, so they have like the ability to actually uh, hold you accountable physically. And pretty soon, we're adding uh, the ability to win back money as well as lose money and the ability for the coach to turn off your internet or slow down your internet if you haven't been doing your work. Um, but what happens is that very quickly, by just having somebody that holds them accountable, it's just like having the girl who slapped me in the face. Um, the, the consequences are almost irrelevant because once you have someone who cares, someone who's helping you stay accountable, and you slowly start to form the basic habit of writing down what you're going to do and then doing it, um, the, the punishers never happen because you don't fail anymore because it's right. very easy to do these things. And so what we found is that our clients, uh, so in the habit transformation program, for example, our clients start off by identifying the bad habits that they really, really want to, to cut down and quit. Um, we help them start off by identifying, like, first of all, we break down the fact that they're not broken, that these habits aren't like a problem. Like, I mean, they're a problem in your context, but they're not bad, like morally, which a lot of people have this, it's like a very moral reaction to these things. Um, and so what we do is we start by breaking down the habit, helping them understand who they are. And then we spend the next three months focusing first on, break on, 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 first on helping them get a consistent morning routine and a consistent wake-up time, which starts to fi- – like fixing the sleep kind of reverberates down through everything. Fixing sleep often requires removing – like getting yourself to bed earlier, removing electronics earlier, uh, getting rid of alcohol or reducing alcohol or at least making alcohol end earlier in the day. Um, so getting the sleep solid – followed by a morning routine, solid, tends to solve almost everything else naturally. Okay. Everything else kind of flows from that. So the first month or so is focused on sleep and morning routines. Then we follow that up with having them start to add more, uh, more routines and more positive habits throughout the day. And then we make sure that we ended off with a consistent habit schedule. So like fitness, you're adding on, meditation, you're adding on, drinking water, which is a big one that people don't do. Um, having conversations with people that you like, uh, working on something that you feel is meaningful and is a long-term goal. Um, these are projects that we start, we start off by focusing on sleep and morning routines. And then from there, you kind of just latch the chain down and people, uh, in 90 days become a fundamentally different person than who they were. And the best part is because we focus on the habits, 
once the program ends, the, the person continues to compound, the results compound over the rest of their lifetime. So it's been really magical watching the transformations of our clients. Um, the entrepreneurs are much easier to see because it's very like revenue focused. Sure. So entrepreneurs are trying to increase their business. Like we had a client who um, he spent all day focusing on like, he, he had like an SEO agency mm-hmm. and he was focusing all the time on um, reacting. So reacting to client work, reacting to his employees' needs, reacting, 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 reacting. And so we're like, all right, what are you actually doing? A lot of it was email, a lot of it was messages, a lot of it was Slack. We're like, here's what you're going to do. You're going to focus on doing your first focused work session by uh, 8.30 a.m. I think he chose it to be early. And so we made sure that he was on his computer doing his first focused emails and his responses to Slack by 8.30 a.m. He started doing that, and he suddenly realized that by batching all of his tasks together at 8.30 and 5, that he had finished all of his tasks by 8.30 a.m. By 9 a.m., he was done with everything he used to finish in the whole day (laughs) because we were just like shut down email. Everything's done at 8.30. You get another 30 minutes at 5. Nothing else is allowed. You can't be reactive because you're not allowed to. Yeah. So he realized he was getting all of his work done by nine. And he's like, I don't know what to do with my day anymore. Like, I, I don't have anything else to do. So we're like, what's the biggest lever for your business? He said, well, creating new uh, clients, which means holding more, like getting more sales calls booked and getting more clients closed. And we yeah. said, okay, let's focus on it. And he said, well, I don't do sales. We just wait for inbound leads to come in. And we're like, well, why don't you start? You have eight hours a day or you're doing nothing now. So he started contacting and canvassing and contacting other companies. And within three weeks, he closed a six-figure deal uh, by just booking sales calls and calling the people and hiring a new client. Within six weeks, he closed a second six-figure deal. He had doubled the size of his business in the first month and a half of using our, of, of using our coaching program. And he still had another six weeks in the 90-day program to go. So um, that's like... It's very visible with revenue-driven companies because you can see that by getting rid of the extraneous activities and focusing on action, um, and uh, focusing on on proactive um, proactive tasks rather than reactive tasks, you can massively scale something. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for habit transformation, you see the similar you see similar results. Um, often, people getting off their ass and starting the business they always wanted to start, right. or getting off their ass and finally going to the gym, but going to the gym so many days in a row that they feel uncomfortable if they don't go to the gym. Uh, mm-hmm. And you can see body transformations happen rapidly too. So a lot of this, um, I mean, the whole thing comes down to basically how do we get people to form a habit? Um, but the most important part is what habits to form. And I think that that we are probably the world's best at that. Very cool. And in an example of the entrepreneur, how did the tech come into play with the coaching? Was there any p- component of like of that? Yeah. So our software has the, like I mentioned, the programming, what you're going to do every day before you go to bed. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have, I'll show you. So this is like my to-do list for the day. And so I have to program this in before I go to bed or else my coach gets mad at me, messages me and yells at me. And then um, we now have a, we just created a group coaching program. So now you're in a group of people that all see your tasks and you can see their tasks and we bet against each other. So the winners and losers achieve the, uh, achieve the task they set for themselves. So the software side of the tech is, is the critical part, which is, are you doing the tasks? The hardware side is that the coach has access to your wrist. So she knows if you're not doing it and she sends you vibrations, beeps, and zaps mm-hmm. if you haven't been doing your work. So that's how they're aligned. Interesting. And just, you, you mentioned about starters and finishers, and I thought that was really interesting. So I'm sitting there going like, man, I'm a starter, definitely a starter. <laughs> um, and as, as you're saying that, you know, betting was one of the things that, a particular 
starter likes to get motivated by. Um, from an entrepreneurial standpoint, how much of that do you think that the person should be like doubling down on being really good at starting and then having somebody help them finish versus trying to go the whole, whole way? Uh, I think that you're, you're asking a great question, which is, um, are you focusing on your strengths or focusing on your weaknesses? Yeah. Uh, I think that there's two things here. So one thing that about, about starters is that if you look at the, um, the stats on basically almost everything good that you can think of is highly correlated with being a finisher. So you live longer, you make more money on average, not the tops though, you make more money on average. Uh, you, um, don't get divorced, you don't do drugs, etc. But it's inversely correlated with one positive thing. And that is creativity. Mm. Finishers are excellent at doing things, but starters are excellent at knowing what things should be done. The, the secret sauce is when you take a starter, a person who's a visionary, an idea-driven person, and combine him with a finisher who's good at implementation, and uh, an integrator they're often called. Putting, putting those two people together lets you have the person who knows the best possible idea and then someone who can actually make it reality. And that allows for great organizations and great um, life-changing things to be done. For example, I can't fucking make hardware. Like, uh, and Steve Jobs couldn't make hardware either. Sure. But, they, but I found people who were excellent at execution upon hardware, hardware tasks and I got them to do it. Now, here's the thing. If you're, if you're a visionary with a bunch of cash flow, the best thing you could ever possibly do is hire integrators and not ever worry about finishing stuff. If you're an early stage entrepreneur, you're going to have to finish stuff. And that's just the truth. Unless you sure. have enough cash flow to, to cover you or someone who's willing to work for free, you're almost certainly going to have to have cash flow. And so in the early days, you've got to find something that motivates you in order to drive that, that, that cash flow. Now, here's what's beautiful. Um, it's not hard. Or I mean, um, it's, how do I say this? Um, it is possible for starters to develop the talents of being finishers. It is not possible for finishers to develop the talents of being creative like starters. Hmm. Being a starter is not, or being ADHD as they often call it, is not a disorder. It's a superpower. We have the ability to create ideas that no one else in the world can do. The problem is that we never get to you know, level two of actually having a team around us that implements things. Right. So what I always look at is if, if you're a starter, you look at an ultimate idea of something you want to build. And, and in the early days, it doesn't have to be like, my, like for example, I'm lucky that I found something I, I plan to work on for the rest of my life. But if it's not something you want to work on for the rest of your life, you just see an, op- an amazing business opportunity that uh, is either a blue ocean or you could do better than other people. Um, that allow you to propel yourself to the next level. If you're able to get yourself to basically do the basic tasks that allow you to have enough cash flow to hire your first VA and then your second and third uh, full-time employees, um, once you've gotten to that point, then it starts to self-propagate and explode. Mm. So I like to use the betting systems and the focusing and forcing myself to do tasks in the early days as I get myself up to levels that allow me to hire the people that I don't have to do those things anymore. So I'm creating basically. Totally. That's, this is super interesting. I could just keep on talking with you about this, but I know that you've got a a stop here coming up when, if people are interested in this and want to get started with the technology, the hardware, the coaching, how do they do that? And like, how much does that cost as well? Sure. The Pavlock is, uh, we have two products. We sell the Pavlock and the shock clock. They're the same hardware. The shock clock is just for waking up and it costs $149. And the Pavlock is for waking up plus everything else, the morning routines, Mm-hmm. breaking bad habits. And, um, that's 199 bucks. Okay. Um, so you go to pavlock.com and you'll see them right there. Okay. And the coaching is, uh, I think the best thing that we can do to help people who are ready to make a change 
Um, if you go to padblock.com, at the top, there's a little button that says coaching. Um, from there, you can book a free call with our coach, uh, and there'll be some questions as you book your call. Um, but basically, what we'll do is we'll work with you, understand, we'll identify your personality type on the call, we'll identify um, kind of the blockers and the, and the things that will are holding you back and things that can propel you forward, and we'll provide you with kind of a, a inventory at the end of it, like a roadmap for how you can fix your habits, and that's all free. Um, all you got to do is go to pavlot.com at the top, click on coaching and book a call with our head Pavlot how to coach. If we think there's a good fit on the call, uh, we'll see if one of the programs matches for you and you'll learn about what we, uh, what our offerings are on the phone call. Okay. Very cool. And so how Pavlok can you... is, is P A V L O K. So six letters like Pavlov with a K P A V L O K.com. Very cool. And how can people follow you? Cause I know that you live a very interesting life. Uh, yeah, Facebook is the best place. Just follow me on Facebook. Okay. Um, Facebook.com forward slash M-S-E-T-H-I. Cool. Well, this has been really cool. This has been really fun. So I appreciate your time. And uh, yeah, man, have a great day. And hopefully we can push some people towards your product. Awesome, man. Take care. You too. All right, that was my interview with Manish Sethi of Pavlock. How cool is this stuff, guys? I'm sitting there thinking to myself, all right, you know, I got to go check out this coaching myself, and I'm going to. So if you want to check that out, make sure you head over to pavlock.com. That's P-A-V-L-O-K.com. And if you need to make some sort of behavioral change that you know that you should, I highly recommend it because it does seem like these guys are the top of the top in the industry for behavioral change. And we can always improve. You know, me as part of this blog, as well as the Get Better Project, I'm always trying to promote getting better and improving ourselves. So I would recommend that you check out pavlock.com and see if there's something that you can help to improve yourself on their particular site. Remember this this project, this podcast is brought to you by the Get Better Project. If you're looking for an at-home workout program that involves coaching from myself, nutrition and workout and videos and all that fun stuff, as well as a very collaborative group of people, go to getbetterproject.com slash unlimited and check out what we're doing there. Get signed up. There's a free week. I'd love to have you in the program. All right, guys. The All Around Joe podcast, where we optimize your human performance from my personal experience as an athlete, coach, and all-around self-improvement. I will see you.